Yo, how's it going, guys? Day two of my podcast. It's just rambling. That's all it is, man. I have no notes here. I'm not didn't study for this uh, before I decided to hop on this mic. Uh, but I want to talk about athletes and what is an athlete? Who is an athlete? What makes the best athlete? So many factors that come into play, you know, uh, from nutrition to supplementing, type of workouts, natural talent, conditioning, um, just your position in life, your social class, you know, um, who your father is, uh, you know, what team you played in, what school you went to. So many factors, so many people that deserve to be in the league that are not in the league, so many people that are in the league that probably should not be there. Uh, so many people that don't play for a professional league, but they're goddamn great athletes. So, so many things to look at when you're talking about an athlete and who could be an athlete, you know? Can someone that's never picked up a ball, someone that's never worked out be considered an athlete? You know, certain things to think about, guys. So. I'm going to be talking today with Malik Scott. He's a heavyweight boxer. Uh, He's top 15 in the world. Phenomenal athlete. He is so talented. I remember looking at this guy in Powerhouse Gym in Burbank, California. And I said, man, this guy is not athletic. But no one could touch him. Like, how is that? How is it that he's top 15 in the world and people can't knock him out? I don't understand it. Well, we'll talk about it more, but Malik Scott just came back from New York City, Brooklyn. Uh, he's been a longtime friend of Deontay Wilder, one of his sparring partners, also a sparring partner for the great Klitschko, sparring partner for the great Tony Parker, Mr. Parker out in the UK. Phenomenal man, very intelligent man calls himself goes by the name of odd guy but he's nothing but odd man he's a brilliant intelligent young individual that i have a lot of respect for a lot of people might not seem might not seem to understand them but you know you can't understand greatness for the most part you can't understand the elite they're the they're just different people um you know especially psychologically and uh, Malik is one of those people that I have a lot of respect for, have a connection with him, love the guy to death like a brother, um, have nothing but high expectations and think very highly of him. And I'm going to be talking to him today on our next podcast as far as athletes and uh, in particular Deontay Wilder, the reigning champ that has called out Anthony Joshua. Anthony Joshua, he's ducking Eddie Hearn. Eddie Hearn. I have nothing to say about that guy. I think everything, like I said, I'm just going to leave that to what it is, and I'm not going to say a word about Eddie Hearn and Anthony Joshua. But we will talk about Deontay Wilder, the reigning champ. This guy is ferocious. He's fast. He's strong. A lot of my, a lot of people might say, oh, he doesn't have great boxing skills. You know what? He is a current champion, and he is stronger. He is faster. He is better than all his opponents up to date. What more do you need? What more do you need? All right, guys. So I'll be talking with Malik Scott in a couple hours. I'm uh, driving once again from Carpinteria 
down to Los Angeles, and we will be talking about who can be an athlete, who is an athlete, what is an athlete. You know, there's different factors that come into play, and we're going to be talking about them with a veteran in the sport of boxing when it comes to heavyweights, Malik King Scott. Goodbye. And this is brought to you guys by House of Vitamins. So make sure to follow us on Instagram. I'm not sure what social platform you relate to, but this is Anchor. Tell all your friends about it. Please make them follow us. House of Vitamins. Instagram, at House of Vitamins. Twitter, HOV Fans. Facebook, slash House of Vitamins. Make sure to follow us, www.houseofvitamins.net. If you want to know who we're going to be talking about, and who I will be talking to at Malik King Scott and we will be talking about the reigning champ and athletes at Bronze Bomber hashtag Bomb Squad you know what? Bomb Squad! alright, you know what? you have to do it right you have to do it right so that's for Mr. Deontay Wilder right there that is uh, his army of people army of fans sorry guys I guess I'll keep talking. It's only five minutes and uh, 20 seconds. Still have about 30 minutes uh, of my drive to keep going. But I don't really don't want to bore you guys with too much because I want to wait for the interview to talk with Malik. Um, but I guess it will go over a couple of points that I wanted to talk about. You know, how, you know, what makes an athlete and uh, where athletes start, you know, who their parents are, how they're pushed. You know, if someone that runs really fast, that's really strong, could be considered an athlete, has no talent. What do I mean by that? You know, most defensive players aren't necessarily the best offensive players. Also means they don't, it's not that they don't have a lot of talent, but they're also more athletes than they are technical athletes. So, tons of different types of athletes. You know, there's also athletes that take care of themselves. There's an athlete that could last one season in the NBA, there's an athlete that can last 10, 15 seasons in the NBA, in the NFL, their boxing career, their MMA career, you know, there's prevention, there's so many things, you know, there's nutrition, you know, there's people that will eat like slobs and not gain a pound, there's people that will eat like slobs and gain 100 pounds, so there's tons of things that come into play, guys, tons of things. We'll be talking about all of this in the next couple of hours. Goodbye. How's it going, guys? I'm here with the great Malik King Scott. And today we'll be talking about the topic that uh, I was talking about earlier to you guys about who could be an athlete, what is an athlete. And with me is, uh, like I said, I'm Malik King Scott. Malik, how's it going, bro? What's up, man? I'm just chilling, bro. What's going on? You see the fight, right? Who didn't? Superman. The black Superman, bro. Yeah, this fight is everywhere, guys. If you guys have Instagram, it's one of the best knockouts that we have seen in history. Deontay Wilder performed. I mean, the guy's ferocious. The guy's a beast. He's fast. He's strong. He's athletic. Um, and um, I want to talk about Deontay's motivation. You know, what type of motivation he has when he's in the ring. You just flew out to New York, didn't you? 
Yeah, yeah, I was in camp with him. And then uh, we went to New York. And um, that's when he just had a spectacular performance. And, um, but his motivation is being the unified, undisputed heavyweight champion of the world. But from the start of it, it's his daughter who was born, was born with this type of illness that basically had her uh, disabled to do things as regular kids. So Deontay, he promised her when she was about very, very young age, I forgot the age, probably five, six, whatever it was, that he would be heavyweight champion of the world. Now, since he became heavyweight champion, he fulfilled that dream, and he fulfilled that promise that he gave to his daughter. So after that, now his obsession is to become undisputed heavyweight champion of the world. And to do that, he got to go through the likes of Joseph Parker, who's a good champion, Anthony Joshua, that we know is a good champion, and Deontay just has plans on destructing them as well. So that's his motivation as we speak. Uh, it sounds like a lot. It's more than I could comprehend. Um, you know, but inside of the ring, when he's training, I mean, uh, what's different about this guy? I mean, what's the difference between this guy and, you know, Joe that's at Burbank Gym, you know, boxing right now? What, what makes him so different? With Deontay. Yes, sir. Uh, well, one... He weighs 220 pounds, right? With the frame of a guy that looked like they weigh about 245. So he's extremely athletic. He has an incredible metabolism. Um, his best attribute, in my opinion, is his mental toughness. He believes he can do anything, and he believes he can beat anybody. Even if somebody beats him, it's not because he didn't believe in himself. Like, you have to beat him. You got some fighters in the world that you can make quick, and some fighters you have to knock out, and some fighters you have to kill. Deontay is on that half to You have to knock him out or kill him to beat him because, you know, he just doesn't take no as an answer. And uh, what else? I mean, he's just, I mean, super, he's, just, he's just a super athlete, man. He does some freaky shit. How long has Don, uh, Deontay been uh, boxing? When did he start? I mean, where's he originally from? He's originally from Tuscaloosa, Alabama. And he never left since he became champion. He take care of his people. He's the people's champion. And in my opinion, he's the best heavyweight on planet Earth right now. Do you know what gym he started at? Yeah, the gym that he still is at till this day. Sky Sports Gym. Sky Boxing Gym. Sky Boxing. Yeah. He came in the gym one day, you know, and uh, he didn't know what he was going to do with his life. And um, he came in the gym, and he just told JD's. JD's had just opened the gym, and a week later, a tall, skinny black kid walked in the gym, and it was Deontay Wilder. So when he came in the gym, Deontay was just trying to figure out how to, you know, go about getting amateur fights, this, that, and a third. Less than a year later, less than a year later, he was in the Olympics and got a bronze in the Olympics with under a year experience. That's unheard of, really. So would you say he, he's just a naturally talented individual? You know, he's a special individual for it's sure. It's beyond talent. It's, I, know, I know tons of people with talent. It's his calling? No, Deontay is a special individual. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he's the heavyweight champion of the world for a reason. For a reason. It's, and, and he's not just the heavyweight champion of the world. He has probably the highest knockout ratio of any boxer in history, especially heavyweight. And... I mean, does he have any, as far as his family goes, is his father a boxer, his no, uncle? No, 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 he doesn't. This is something that he just picked up. Yeah, he was trying to support his family. So he went into a boxing gym, and it was his last shot at being an athlete. So how old was he at the moment when he said that he walked into that gym?
All right, let's get back to this. Um, how do you know Deontay Wilder? When did you meet him? How old were you? Where? What state? Uh, we met about... Oh, man. It's been quite some time. We're in 2017, right? So we'll see me and Deontay met, what, 11 years? Probably 11, 12 years ago, I'm sure. And um, we was both in the camp of... Uh, Thomas Adamick. It may even be longer than that. We was both in the camp of Thomas Adamick. We both was two undefeated prospects, but and we stayed in the same cabin. And we just clicked right off the rip, man. We shared stories. And um, the first thing that came that came uh, on the table was he asked me my birthday. And I was like, October the 16th. He's like, is it? He's mm -hmm. like, that's my birthday. Then I asked him his birthday. He said, October the 22nd. I said, that's my mom's birthday. So mom, his mom and me have the same birthday and my mom and him have the same birthday. And I had my son up in camp. So and during that time, like, you know, we had food up here, but Deontay also know how to cook. So he made us like a whole type of Thanksgiving type of meal up here for me and my son. And we spent like, I think about three weeks together up there. And ever since then, we always supported each other. We always came to each other fights. And, you know, his family has become my family. Vice versa, my people has become his people. And um, even if I'm not in camp boxing Deontay, I'm still down in camp supporting him. The same way that people heard him commentating me and coming to my fight when I fought, I forgot who it was, Tony Thompson. Same thing. We've, been, we've, we've had this relationship for years, before money. So it's a mutual Before support. Like, yeah, we've been like so this you guys are friends before anything. Before anything. Yeah, we're real brothers, man. Real brothers. Now, we have, have had disagreements, and we, you know what I mean? We don't see eye to eye on every single thing, but it's not even an argument. It's not even, it's like, you know, you see that that way, I see it my way. Love you, bro. Love you, too. And we push on. Like, you know what I mean? Because no. the big picture is us both being able to provide for our families and just being happy people and, you know, just like that so it's simple man but we've been like this for quite some time and i'm proud to have him as a friend a slash brother and then um back mm -hmm. to his motivation as, as far as his training I mean, you say he's one of the hardest working individuals out there you know what, what's his training look like as far as weight training boxing uh, he, he he does his uh weight training with one of the best strength, strength trainers in the world uh a, a track a track and field um trainer that goes by the name of Joey Scott. He's also one of the brothers on the team. And he has Deontay um, agileness at another level right now. And if you look at the Vermeans to Vern fight, you'll see Deontay was doing a lot of things with his feet. He did the final move, what's the shake and bake he did with his feet that a lot of people's going crazy over. And that comes from the hard work that him and Joey Scott been putting in together early in the morning. The kid comes into the boxing gym, he boxed three or four different guys. He gets his eight, 10, nine, 12 rounds in. And he just, re you know, repetitively, repetitiously do that every single day, every single day. Now, through doing all of that, he's dealing with injuries. He's dealing with life. He's dealing with families. He's dealing with the fact of him not wanting to lose his title. So it's a lot of pressure that come with being heavyweight champion of the world, better yet being a fighter. But then heavyweight champion of the world with a record like 38 and no 37 knockouts and people still questioning your ability, people still thinking you're a paper champion, people still not getting the message. 
people taking steroids to fight you, getting caught, messing up the finances for you and your to, for you to provide for your family. Now all that frustration that he's been dealing with, that's why that happened to Bermaine's Deverne the other night. That was, was so overdue right there. Deontay, he had to let that out. And uh, unfortunately, if he could have, I believe he would have killed Bermaine the other night. If he could, his intention was to do it. No, the kid, he, he, he it's a switch, bro. He's Deontay Wilder he, he's outside on a mission. the ring. Deontay the Wilder. On a mission. Deontay Wilder outside the ring, in the ring, he's the bronze bomber, period. And it's a switch. When that mask go worn in that dressing room, it's on a pop. I mean, w would you say that, you know, this athleticism comes easy to him? I mean, it. Yeah, for sure. He's a natural. He's a natural. Shit, he's a natural. He's a natural. You know, so the guy obviously, you know, trains like an animal. He has some of the best people behind his team. He has some of the best people to spar with, you know. Standing here in front of me is you, you know. Mm -hmm. One of the top contenders in the world. Yeah. Um, so we've talked about his training. We've talked about his motivation. You know, what about his nutrition? You said he likes to cook. What does he like to cook? Anything. He's a southern boy, so he likes to cook everything southern. Like, you know, all... all what the typical person eat to stay healthy. Like, you know what I mean? It's probably not that, what Deontay loves to cook, because he's a natural country guy, so he cooks the mac and cheese, the pork chop, the, like, he, you know, everything, so. So he just burns up through, I mean, he has a very thin frame. Mm -hmm. uh, he seems like a, he's a ectomorph, uh, meaning that he burns through anything that he eats, his metabolism helps him. Um, but besides that, I mean, does he, does he supplement well? Does he rest well? Um, is he big on prevention as far as injury, listening to his body? He's not extremely textbook. He's not. Like, you know, you, you know how you have some athletes that's uh, they're extremely textbook. They do this. They, it's a, you know, they own their routine, and it's just that. They own it. Like, they do everything almost considerably, quote-unquote, right. Like, you know, if you look at Deontay fights, a lot of the shots he get criticized about are considered wild to people. Right. Well, why does he get so wild? These are the shots that make him actually a problem. These are, to me, like his 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 awkwardness with those wild shots and stuff that he practiced, and it works for him. It's not by coincidence that nobody has capitalized on that kind of stuff yet. Because it know, works for him. That's something I actually talk about with a lot of people before we have this debate. You know, I talk with people that know boxing, people that don't know boxing. And they'll look, a, they'll look at a fighter like Deontay Wilder and say, this guy doesn't know how to fight. And I'm like, what are you talking about? You know, give this guy the benefit of the doubt. He's still the champion of the world. You know, he's one of the top heavyweights. And he's beating them with speed, with strength, and he's knocking them out. The guy has... And he had very, very, very scary power. Yeah. Very, very, very scary power. And it doesn't matter the ounces of the glove. I've boxed them in 20 ounce gloves. I've boxed them in 18 ounce. I've bought, I fought them in 10 ounce gloves. The power is just scary. I don't even care if people don't believe me because anybody you ask that been in the ring with them, they look, they agree with me. So outside people that say, no, it can't be that hard. No, people are just scared of it. No, people, no. Well, how tall is the guy? Six seven, two hundred and he weighed in at what? Two thirty eight. Two twenty. Two twenty. Man, yeah, it, it, he break his hand because the power he delivered from his frame is too hard. Right, it's a, it's a, 
Bro, that punch is coming with everything, with his and whole it's body. And it's not slow. It's different if somebody's hitting you slow and they hit hard. You can anticipate it. But when you have a sharpshooter, but his power is just a different type yeah, of Yeah, I mean, if you look at his mechanics, man, he's throwing that punch with everything behind it. Yeah, and you can't name another guy right now that's making people go into seizures on the ground, knocking people out cold, leaving them out on stretchers. Like, it's just a different type of power. So me saying, say if I'm saying somebody hit hard, but then you're not seeing the receipts of their opponents. That's different. But I'm telling people this dude have special powers. So then they can say, all right, well, I'm going to see. Well, he's showing you. Yeah. He hits so hard that he knocked people out cold, and they get up and say he don't punch hard. He knocked the sense out of them. Like, Spilker was asleep, bro, and got up and saying, he punched okay. Bro, do you know that the whole building was just praying for your life? We was hoping you woke up. It's the vermin. After the 12 rounds of going with him, he said, well, he, he punched hard, but not that. Bro, the man yeah, he put the guy to sleep. Bro, that's now, but they fought before and it went 12 rounds. Right. So Stavern was saying, well, he punched hard, but it... And I knew, look at my interviews before the fight, what I told the people. I said, it's a one, two round fight. You really think Stavern, you know he got the best chin in boxing? You can have the best chin all you want. You get hit on the shit, on your chin with that shit early in a fight. It doesn't matter who you yeah, are. Yeah, 6'7", 220 pounds. You get hit by anyone that big, I mean, it's going to hurt. I mean, no, that, that's I mean, just, his don't just hurt. It's different. Right. It's not just about it hurting. It's about it severely knocking you out cold. There's people that's that big that can hit you, or even bigger, that you don't see those resources for. I watched a guy the other day. We all seen guys fight 250, 60, 70 pounds, and they go the distance, or they go eight rounds. If Deontay Wilder hit anybody clean, Especially early in a the fight, they're going to sleep. It's not. This is. Not All right, Malik, we're back on. Um, yeah, so Deontay Wilder, you know, just a, a super, super athlete. You know, like there's, there's nothing wrong. You can't say anything wrong about him because he's the champion of the world. I mean, he's athletic. He's strong. He's fast. Um, he's rich. He's rich. <laughs> you know, that always helps, man. It makes yeah. things a lot easier yeah. when you can get someone to cook your food. Yeah, well, when he cooks you, for himself. Because he has the time. Because you know, right, so, right, right. But, you know, money definitely makes a lot of things easier. But, you know, it wasn't always easy. You know, people do a lot, you know, to get to a point on where they're at. Especially yeah. when you see success, you know. It's like, oh, this guy had it easy for him. But as, as we could see, he didn't have it easy. Things weren't handed to him. And he did it all from the muscle. There's no... There's no real boxing, boxing, Hollywood type of trainers, managers, or whoever from Tuscaloosa, Alabama. He didn't run and go and get a Hollywood trainer, a Freddie Roach, a Goosen, or anything Was like his that. dad rich? No. He come from a poor family, bro. Comes from a poor family. Yeah. So he's had to work for everything. 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 And he even, he was working at IHOP and for Budweiser, trucking with Budweiser before boxing you know that's that's what he was doing man yeah you know you know there's a lot of athletes that you see i was talking about position you know who your dad is who your mom is what school you went to if you're middle class if you're poor if you're rich you know opportunities in your lifetime sometimes you know you could be in the nfl because of who your dad is because of the school you went to because of the coach he knows and guess what you know what you might not be a star player but you will make it to the nfl Guess what? You're not a star player, but you will be on the bench. Mm -hmm. You will get that opportunity. You know, someone like oh, Deontay, you know, he, like you said, he 
he's done this with hard work he's done this with heart and you know that's something you can't take away from him and I'm sure he's just he's smiling you know after something like this happens I, I mean it might be a lot to take uh, you know for anyone but it's just things that you can't comprehend so these are things that someone that's middle class that's rich can't comprehend because they don't know the hard work that's gone into this yeah but he put it in uh, you know he did it you know that's he's he's a success story all the way you know that that's that's really comforting to hear you know for there's a lot of people out there there's a lot of fighters there's a lot of kids that don't have these opportunities that don't have the father figure that don't have the money you know to be put in a better position he he put himself in a position though no handouts no handouts you know that's 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 at all bro handouts at all all right man um you know we talked about we've talked quite a bit about Deontay um let's go back to you know what it takes to be an athlete you know could anyone be an athlete Malik what's your take on that Uh, it depends on your lifestyle of living from in my opinion from a kid um the first thing you take is discipline you got to be willing to go without to see the results you want to see. And that's something to me that not just athletes struggle with, human beings in general. So um, if you're willing to not eat your favorite foods and work out hard every day, in my opinion, you have a great you have a great chance at being a very good athlete, especially if you're mentally tough. So before money, before who your dad is, before what school you go to, discipline is the most important thing making sure that you're consistent every day, making sure that you put in the work, the time, you know, not for a week, not for a month, not for a year. It just has to be a lifestyle. It can't be a lifestyle. A, it, has a, it, it can't be like an occasional thing. And that's what goes on a lot in this modern day time because social media have took over the world. So you can almost fake out anybody. And it's a lot of faking like that goes on. So for instance, you have people that they don't work as hard as their perception leads them to work. But they can give out the perception as they do because all you have to do is put some water on your face and act like you're sweating and do 10 push-ups and people say, oh, he's getting it in. Yeah, he may be getting it in, but real athletes is doing this two, three times a day. So it's almost like the typical boxing fan that see a fighter training, like, well, he trains hard, yeah. I, I probably could do that. Yeah, you probably could do it one day. About five seconds. But you can do it two, three times a day, every day of the week as levels. All right, Malik. So back to being an athlete. We're talking about people and who could be an athlete. Um, you know, what else goes behind being an athlete? I mean, what, what would you say? Like, um, you know, we talked about training hard. We talked about nutrition. We talked about the motivation. We talked about, you know, your position in life and uh, how certain factors, you know, determine uh, your success. Um, what about someone that's, you know, hasn't played sports all their life, uh, that's 25, you know, they, they, they have the potential, they, compare their, they could compare themselves to other athletes, they train with other athletes, but they have no background in boxing. Mm-hmm. You know, could that person do it? It depends. I just believe um, there's too much, um, how can I put it, uh, 
I believe whatever it is anybody really want to do, the intent of how they go about it determines everything. If you really want to, if you see yourself really as a top contender, you want to be one. If you really truly see yourself at heart as a world champion, you're going to be one because you can cheat everybody. You can cheat critics, you can cheat journalists, you can cheat correspondents, trainers, managers, promoters, but you cannot cheat destiny because destiny sees and feels everything. So if you're doing the right thing, then destiny owes you victory. If you're not, then you won't be victorious. You have to live right. And this is coming from somebody that doesn't even, I'm, if you know me, you know I'm extremely far from perfect. But I learn from mistakes and I'm always trying to let people know what and what not to do. So if you're not going to do anything you're doing and have it as a lifestyle, then to me you shouldn't do it at all. As far as being an athlete. Now if you're a bouncer at a club or if you work at the gas station or if you work at, like it's different. But to be champion of the world, it has to be a lifestyle. It has to be. It's not, this is not an opinion. This is a fact. It has to be a lifestyle. If it's not, then you're going to come up short to people that is taking it and living it as a lifestyle. Because no matter how good you are, there's somebody under you that's coming that's better. All right, let's wrap this up then, Malik. I'm going to ask you one final question. What's your motivation? Let's end with that. Life. Life. And myself. And, you know, it, that, that's a selfish answer, and I wish I could answer it a little better, but... I'm the only person that motivates me. My kids don't motivate me. My family don't motivate me. Me, myself in life, just motivate me. That's it. There's nothing else. Like, you know, I'm, I'm fascinated by the homeless man on the corner. I'm fascinated by how I could be in a gym at 1 a.m. and it'd be empty and I'm the only one in there getting it in. Because I know it's not for nobody else. It's destiny is seeing this. So I don't care what I have to go through, ups and downs, whether it's in life or in the ring. I still believe at the end of the road is light for me because I'm always putting in some kind of work when most people are asleep. Most people are asleep. Like, and I don't mind giving it out. Most pugilists that know the things that I know, they overcharge people. They use their boxing knowledge as a hustle. They do, I don't, there's people I train just for free. I just get a kick out of the sweet science because it saved my life. So I'm always just trying to enjoy it with other people. But I motivate myself and life in general motivates me. All right, there it is, guys. Make sure to follow us at House of Vitamins, at Malik King Scott. We love you guys. If there's anyone in particular you guys would like to listen to as far as motivation and as far as being an athlete, you know, what drives you? That's the question. What drives anybody? All right, guys. We're out. Oh, snap!